Love Talk Radio. <laughs> Thank you. 
friends. Imagine standing at a crossroads where every path seems shrouded in mystery and uncertainty. You feel the weight of choices, each path promising different outcomes and experiences. It's in such moments that the cry of our hearts echoes the plea of the psalmist in Psalm 119, verse 133. Direct my steps by your word, and let no iniquity have dominion over me. This profound verse isn't just a request. It's an admission of our need for divine guidance in the maze of life. Now, if you believe that God can make a difference in your life today, let us stand together in faith. I will pray a fervent prayer with you in the mighty name of Jesus. So watch until the end and open your hearts to receive the blessings of this prayer. We live in a world where our steps can easily veer off into paths of distraction or danger. The choices we make, the roads we take, the relationships we nurture, and the values we hold dear all require wisdom that transcends our limited understanding. In the Bible, the notion of steps often symbolizes our life's journey. It reminds us that life is not static, but a series of movements and decisions. And in this journey, we are not alone. We have a guide who promises to lead us through his word. Reflect on your life for a moment. Think about the times you felt lost, unsure of which direction to take. Remember the moments of decision, big or small, that shaped the course of your journey. At times, the way ahead may have seemed clear, illuminated by the light of your understanding. But how often have we found ourselves at a dead end, or worse, on a perilous path, simply because we trusted in our wisdom? This is why our hearts echo the psalmist's prayer. Guide my steps. It's a prayer of humility, acknowledging that we don't have all the answers. It's a prayer of faith, trusting that God, who sees the end from the beginning, will guide us. It's a prayer of surrender, yielding our will and desires to his perfect plan. When we invite God to direct our steps, we are not giving up our freedom. Rather, we are exercising the highest form of freedom, choosing to walk in the light of his wisdom and love. Now, consider the second part of the verse, and let no iniquity have dominion over me. This is crucial. Our journey is not just about finding the right path, but also about walking in righteousness. It's a recognition that our choices are not morally neutral. They can lead us either towards or away from the path of integrity and purity. Asking God to guide our steps is also a plea for him to protect us from the influence of sin and wrongdoing that can so easily entangle us. In our journey through life, there are many voices clamoring for our attention. Voices of society, culture, personal ambition, and even our desires. These voices can sometimes drown out the still, small voice of God leading us astray. 
But when we earnestly seek God's guidance, He promises to lead us. As Proverbs 3, verses 5 to 6 reminds us, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. This is a promise of divine direction and intervention. But how does God guide us? He guides us through His Word, which is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, as Psalm 119 verse 105 declares. He guides us through the inner prompting of the Holy Spirit, who speaks to our hearts and minds, guiding us into all truth as affirmed in John 16 verse 13. He also guides us through wise counsel from others, through circumstances, and through the peace that comes from making decisions aligned with His will. Embracing God's guidance requires us to let go of our desire to control every aspect of our lives. It means trusting that even when the path seems uncertain or challenging, God is working out His perfect plan for us. It's about believing that He knows what is best for us and is capable of leading us to our destiny. This trust doesn't come easy, but it's a journey worth embarking on. As we navigate through the complexities of life, let us remember that our steps are ordered by the Lord, as Psalm 37 verse 23 tells us. When we commit our way to the Lord, He will establish our steps. This doesn't mean we won't face challenges or make mistakes but it does mean that we can rest in the assurance that God is with us every step of the way, guiding, correcting, and leading us towards His purpose for our lives. So, today, as we stand at the crossroads of life, let's make a conscious decision to ask God to guide our steps. Let's pray with sincerity and open our hearts to His leading and also be willing to follow wherever He guides. In doing so, we will find that our paths become clearer, our decisions wiser, and our lives more aligned with His perfect will. Now, to all those within the sound of my voice, let us go to the Lord in prayer. I want you to pray this prayer with me so that you can have all the blessings of this prayer. You may also listen to this prayer daily as you build your faith and come in agreement. Let us pray to our gracious and loving God. Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, I come before you with a heart full of praise. You are the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who guides the stars and directs our steps. Your majesty and power are beyond our understanding, yet you care for us deeply. I thank you, Lord, for your unending love, your grace, and the countless blessings you bestow upon us each day. Your goodness and mercy follow us, and for this I am eternally grateful. Thank you, Father, for the gift of life, for the air I breathe, and for the love I experience from you and those around me. In this moment of prayer, 
I humbly ask for your forgiveness for my sins. Forgive me, Lord, for the times I have strayed from your path. As I seek your forgiveness, I also forgive those who have wronged me, releasing any bitterness and resentment in my heart. Cleanse me, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Lord, as I step into this new day, I pray for divine direction in all that I do. Guide my thoughts, decisions, and actions according to your will. Help me to recognize your voice leading me and grant me the wisdom to understand the plans you have for me. May your word be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, illuminating every step I take. Protect me, O oh God, from missteps that lead away from your will. I rebuke any plans of the enemy to cause confusion or to lead me astray. In the name of Jesus, I declare that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Shield me from harm and keep me on the path of righteousness so that I may walk in your truth and integrity. Lord, I pray for strength and courage, especially in times of trial and uncertainty. When challenges arise, remind me that you are my rock and fortress. I declare in the name of Jesus that I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. In every difficult situation, grant me the fortitude to endure and the faith to trust in your unfailing love and power. I ask for clarity of purpose, O Lord. Reveal to me the unique path you have set for my life. Let my actions and choices reflect the calling you have placed upon me. In the name of Jesus, I declare that my life is aligned with your divine purpose, and I am walking in the destiny you have ordained for me. Gracious Lord, teach me obedience and surrender as I seek to understand your will. Help me to submit my will to yours, knowing that your plans are higher than mine. In every decision, let me seek your face and follow your guidance. I bind any spirit of rebellion or pride in the name of Jesus, and I declare a heart that is receptive to your leading. Guide me in my relationships, Father. Bless my interactions with others and help me to build connections that honor you. I pray for wisdom in my dealings and for the ability to show your love and grace in all my relationships. I declare that my relationships are guided by your love and wisdom, bringing glory to your name. Grant me peace and decision-making, Lord. In moments of uncertainty, fill me with your tranquility, ensuring that my choices align with your will. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke any spirit of anxiety and confusion. I declare that in every decision, your peace reigns in my heart, guiding me to make choices that honor you. I pray for trust in your timing, Almighty God. Help me to be patient as I wait for your guidance, knowing that you make all things beautiful in your time. I rebuke any spirit of impatience or frustration in the name of Jesus. 
I declare that I will wait on you with faith and confidence, trusting in your perfect timing for every aspect of my life. Empower me with courage to follow your lead, Lord. Even when the path is unfamiliar or challenging, strengthen my resolve to walk in faith. I declare in the name of Jesus that I am fearless in pursuing the direction you have for me. I rebuke any spirit of fear or hesitation and claim boldness and confidence in following your call. I pray for my loved ones, Lord. May your blessings, guidance, and protection be upon them as well. Let them experience your love and grace in their lives. I declare that they too are walking in your divine purpose and are shielded by your mighty hand. Lord, as I say this prayer, together with everyone listening, I am grateful for every heart that is humbled before you right now. We come in agreement as we pray for each other, knowing that you are in our midst as you promised. We claim victory in your name, declare healing for those in need, and thank you for your protection and guidance. Together, we ask for the outpouring of your Holy Spirit to guide us and strengthen us in our daily walk with you. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering my prayer. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray, amen. If you were blessed by this prayer, type the word, amen, in the comment section below. I'd Inspiring and encouraging you all day long. Jesus in the Morning Radio with Barbara. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We thank God for another Thursday morning, a Thursday we've never seen before. We're grateful unto him for the week is coming to an end, and he has blessed us to get this far. Welcome to Jesus in the Morning. I'm your host, Evangelist Barbara Pittman of Freedom Doors Ministries, and I come to you live each weekday morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And today is really and truly February the 1st, 2024. We're grateful unto the Lord for two months and one day into this new year. So we're thankful. We're thankful because he didn't have to do it for us. He didn't have to allow us to see another day. But he did it for us. And so we're thankful unto him we appreciate him, and we love him today. Uh, I have my friend Jasmine uh, on the phone, I mean, in the studio this morning, and uh, Jasmine is from Jacksonville, Florida, and uh, she's overtaking treatment this morning at the dialysis center. So intercessors, I'm going to ask y'all to please keep Jasmine in your prayers. Yeah, pray for healing for her. And uh, we thank God that he is a healer. He healed all manner of sickness and disease. And so this morning, I want to dedicate a song to Jasmine. And uh, Jasmine, this is what I'm going to dedicate to you this morning. Mm-hmm. 
all power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All power is in him. There's no higher power this morning. And we can look to the hills from which cometh our help. All of our help today, it comes from the Lord. He made the heavens and the earth. And his word says, if he be for us, Jazzy, he's more than the whole world against us. So all you got to do is continue to believe God. Yeah. And it's already all right this morning in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So we give him glory. We give him honor and praise. And we thank him this day. Yes, yes. We thank him this day for all he has done, what he's done right now, what he's doing right now. Because right now, this very minute, God is doing great and mighty things for us. And without him today, we can do nothing. There's nothing we can do without God. So we trust him. We believe in him. We keep the faith no matter what comes our way. Yeah. Abertina Walker said, I'm still here. I made it through. And so have you. I've come through the fire and I've come through the flood, but I'm still here being kept by his love. Yeah, the enemy tried to block everything. He he tried to kill us. He he, he tried to make us leave God. But in spite of it all, he had his angels encamped all around. And many times we don't see in the spirit what God is doing for us. So all we simply do is tell him thank you. We lift our hands to him and give him glory. We give him honor and we give him praise. And he continues to bless us. For without him again this morning, we can do nothing. We need him. Hallelujah. We need him today. And he loved us. He so loved us. He sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that if we believe on that son, we won't perish, but have everlasting life. What I tell you, it's a beautiful thing this morning. If we can just have the faith, if we can have patience to wait on God. Sometimes he put us in a position where we can't do nothing but wait because we can't change a thing. But he wants us waiting, looking to him. Waiting on him. We're not just waiting. We are waiting on the move of almighty God that have all the power. Hallelujah. Jehovah God. He's got all power. Hallelujah. And there is nothing this morning too hard for him to do. No need for us to complain. No need for me to be depressed and down and uh, feeling like I can't make it. No, I'm going to make it because I'm making it with him. He's bringing me through. It's him that's taking care of me. Because of him this morning, I'm breathing. I can move. I can walk. I can see. I can talk. All because of Almighty God. Nothing of myself. I didn't wake myself up this morning. He woke us all up. Closed in our right mind to remember him today. Hallelujah. And we want to remember him every day. And the scriptures say if we keep our mind on him, he will keep us in perfect peace. Hallelujah. So, Jazzy, look up. Yeah, look to God, baby. 
It's already. Hey, glory. Hallelujah. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. It's already all right today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I thank you this morning. Yeah, God have a, a perfect plan. And I had no clue Jasmine was going to say good morning this morning, and I was going to invite her to the show, and she was going to come. I've known her many a year, knew her before she graduated from high school. Knew her when she was in college. Yeah, the same, knew her mother well. Knew her sisters, yeah. And so God is faithful, God is faithful. And uh, we're thankful unto him. We appreciate him. We love him today. Because there's none like him. Many times we want to do what it is we think we want to do. Yeah, we 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 want to uh, lead the way. We we want to show that we have leadership skills. But if we'll sit back and wait on God, have patience, He'll lead the way. He'll show us everything we need to know and do unto Him. Great fun to him this morning. Appreciate him. <laughs> I love him today. I love him because it was him that first loved me. Without his love today, I wouldn't know really what love is. Yeah. Adam and Eve messed up. Yeah. In the beginning, they messed up and put us in a bad position. But guess what? Because they left God. He, he, he He's not going to be where it's unclean. He's a holy God. But yet he found a way to redeem us back to him through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. He never committed a sin. He never did no wrong. So it took a blood that had never been tainted to bring us into a place with him where we should be. So today we walk by faith and not by sight. Yeah, many days we don't know where we're going, but we trust in God. We follow in his lead. He said again this morning, if we keep our mind on him, he, who is he, Jehovah God, that have all power, he will keep us in perfect peace. I don't care what come your way, you'll have a peace about it. <laughs> all kind of terror and all kind of foolishness going on all around you, but you have peace because you're trusting and believing in him that have all power, him that so loved us. Oh, uh, yeah. Listen to this. If we come subject to him and his word, we won't have a thing to worry about. He brought all of this about so that we could be at peace. We could have joy. We could have happiness and work in the vineyard because he wished that none should perish. It's a lot of people yet lost. They don't know him. Some people never consider him. They don't believe. And unless God draw them, they can't come. But he drew us to become workers unto him so that we can talk of his wondrous works and make known his deeds among the people. But many of us, we want to make known what we think we got. I only want to make known what God gave me to give to people. Yeah, many places I'm in, and I have to open my mouth sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that, there were days I, I, I went into a store and I didn't go in there to say nothing. I went in there to purchase what I was going to buy and come on out. But while I was in there, there was someone in there with a need, and they needed God. They didn't need the eggs and the butter and the cheese. Hallelujah. 
but they needed a risen Savior. <laughs> they needed their souls to be saved so that when they leave here and it's time to wake up again, because see, it's appointed on the man wants to die, and after death comes the judgment. When they wake up again, they don't have it to worry about because their life was hid in Christ. They followed his footsteps, hallelujah, his lead. Yeah, they obeyed him. And when they stand before him, when I stand before him, I want to be able to say, these are they, God, that you told me to do whatever it was he had me to do. Yeah. Many times I was in a, in a place and he spoke out my mouth. I, I, I was not expecting that because that's not what I went in to do. <laughs> I went in to do natural things. But because he blessed me to have faith and trust in him, and I can walk in the spirit, he began to show me. I remember these two ladies. And they had gotten their nails done at the nail shop inside the Walmart, and they were waiting on one more friend or one more sister to finish up her nails and her feet. And as I got, I had my bags and paid for my stuff, and I had my cart, and I was headed out the store. And the Lord said, tell her. This, that, that, and the other. So I stopped. And I said, ma'am, I said, God said so and so and so. The woman stood up. As she stood up, she began to walk towards me. You got to know me. I'm not into hugging people. Spirits leap, jump. I'm covered in the blood, but I, I'm not out here just hugging people now. She walked towards me, and the woman grabbed me and was hugging me tight. And she was like, Lord, I thank you. God, I thank you today. Because whatever he spoke out my mouth to her, I knew nothing about it. It was not me. It was him. And he gave her the answer to her prayer right there. The other one stood up and she said, well, what about me? What he said about me? <laughs> and so, you know, I'm looking to the Lord because I can't look to Barbara. Mm -mm. There's no good thing in that flesh. So he began to speak to her. And she began to praise him. And when he got done, not when I got done, but when he got done, I said, God bless y'all. God bless you, woman, God. And I had my car, and I rolled on out the store to my car and put my groceries in my car and went on to the next destination. I've gone in the dollar store, Dollar General, a family dollar, Dollar Tree, places like that. And God moved while I was in the checkout line. Waiting to check my stuff out. Went one day to manager. Her name was Barbara, too. She was much older than me. And I could see the stress on this woman. And the Lord said, tell her I'm going to retire her. And when I retire her, she's going to get everything that she thought that she wouldn't get if she retired early. And I was like the third, third person, maybe a second person in line. I said, Miss Barbara, she looked at me. I said, God told me to tell you that he's going to retire you early. And everything that you think that you wasn't going to get because you're retiring early, he's going to give that to you and more. A whole nother look come on this woman's face. And she started ringing people up. And, you know, I began to minister according to the scripture. That, that's how I go. And so people in the line, what he said about me, I don't know what he said about you. He didn't give it that for you. He gave it for Barbara. And if God don't give it to me, if he don't do it, I can't do it. 
People have called me to see if they had a word. The, the only word I got is out of them 66 books. Because many look for a word, but let's talk about the word of God. You, you won't get that every now and then. You, you have that every day. Every day that you want to open that book, the Bible, begin to pray for wisdom. Remind God that he said he wouldn't have us ignorant. God will give you understanding of his word because he speaks to us, but we don't hear. Many times we think we're just thinking this. But when we build a true relationship with him, you're going to know the difference. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes, you will. You are going to know the difference between your thoughts and when God is speaking to you. And some people, when they, they believe that, you know, God spoke to you with a word, they'll run you down. They'll give you the shirt off their back. They'll give you their mortgage money for a word. Now, there's no charge because it's not me that's doing it. I'm a vessel that God can use anywhere, anytime, in any place. That's all that is. I can't look for money from nobody. I don't have no $100 line. Them northern people from up north, they love me. And whenever I go, there's no lines. You just sit there and after the preacher get through preaching or if God used me to bring a word, guess what? When he said, call her out, that's what I do. Call him. Hey, it's him. The very first time he used me, he told me this. Never forget this. It will never be you. It will always be me. Don't take my glory. Yeah, don't try to take my honor. Because it don't belong to you. Hallelujah. Ah, oh, yeah, Lord. It belongs to him. Almighty God that have all power. Hallelujah. I'm grateful this morning. The word holds true. His word holds true. And all we got to do is stand on his word. And after standing, stand some more. That faithful few that come every morning, you often heard me say, I went to a school <clears throat> and they taught me not practice make perfect, but they taught me perfect practice makes perfect. So as you continue to study God's word, to open up your spiritual ear to hear from him, you're going to get to know some of his ways. Now, you won't know everything, but you will know enough that you can trust him, you can believe in him. Because from day one, I learned this. Those of us that come to him, we must believe. And we must believe that he is. Who is he, Jehovah God, that have all power, the one that so loved us, he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to suffer, to bleed and to hang and to die, conquer all, rise with all power for us. We must believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We constantly seek him. We faithfully seek in him. We never stop seeking him. Before we make a move, we pray. We seek in him. Hallelujah. And so I'm so thankful unto him this morning that one day he drew me unto him. I couldn't bring myself. Oh, I had been in the church, been to church many times, and Raised up, they say, in the church, sang in the church choir. Oh, I did all that kind of stuff. But I wasn't drawn yet. I had a form of godliness, and I was denying the power thereof. 
Oh, I honored him with my lips now, but my heart was far from it. That's the truth. But when he drew me, all of the fakeness went out the window. All of the sometime went out the window. All of the I'm going to call him when I think I need him, all that went out the window. Because now I've learned, hallelujah, I need him every second, every minute, every hour, every day, every week, every month, every year. I can't make it without him. But I had to allow him to get in me and me to get in him. I had to receive him. Prayed and asked for the Holy Spirit. I didn't trust that because I came to him, the Spirit came with No, I didn't trust that. I asked for the gift of the Holy Ghost. And he was faithful unto me. Yeah, I asked for understanding of his word just the way he wanted me to apply it to my everyday life. And he did that for me. Hallelujah. So this morning, I'm thankful unto him. I give him glory. I give him the honor and I give him the praise. Hallelujah. But there's none like him. I think our guest is in. Wait a minute, y'all. Uh, hold on, hold on. I know I saw him. I think it's one seven. Y'all bear with me here. Let's find out where the guest went at. I think he's in. And uh, we're going to bring him right on after. We said 8 o'clock, but he, uh, I think he came in early. And so we tell the Lord, thank you. I'm going to wait to um, see if he comes back. And uh, if he comes back, we're going to bring him right in this morning. Our guest today is none other than Pastor Bill Jenkins. And uh, a while back, he came to the show about the Almanac. And... Uh, Louis was giving me some good advice about the almanac. Y'all know how he used to do me. And when it was something that I didn't quite understand about certain things, the Lord would give it to Louis and Louis would give it to me. Yeah. And it worked out just perfect. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So listen, and that reminds me, February 16th at 1.30, uh, they will be having his final service, the military. Uh, will be having his final service over at the military uh, cemetery in Bushnell, Florida. That's just a little bit from Ocala where he lived. So uh, Shante and I were planning to attend that service and uh, give Louis my last goodbye. Yeah, I, I sure wish they could have done it much earlier. Yeah, because I was moving on, you know what I'm saying, strong, moving on in him. But then every now and then it would come to me, Louis gone. Well, Louis went to take his final rest. And I'm thankful unto the Lord that he got to go on and rest because he was going through a lot in his body. A sherry was going through. And so the Lord saw fit that it was time for Louis to come on to his rest. And so he went on. To take his rest. Hallelujah. I'm not mad at Louis. Louis in better shape than all of us today. Hallelujah. No more pain, no more suffering, no more bill paying, nothing. Hallelujah. And so I'm thankful unto him. Listen, we're going to this one right quick and uh, see if Pastor uh, Jenkins is coming back. Let's go to this one.
Bishop Roberson this morning and Power Lord. Uh, yeah, I like that little number right there. So I don't know, Pastor Jenkins went out and uh, it may have been that he was to come in at 7.30. Yeah, but I was thinking it was 8 o'clock. I'm so sorry because what I wanted to do is have morning devotion and then bring him, you know, right in at 7.30 and, uh, you know, the Lord had me uh, minister to Jasmine 
and then encouraging words. You know what I'm saying? And so we have to give way to the spirit of God. This is why we got a habit. And this is why we must know the move of God. And don't move, try to move on our own time because it'll mess you up every time. Yeah, we are. So we are thankful this morning unto God for another Thursday morning. We're going to give him uh, a little time to get back in. I wrote his assistant, uh, emailed them and see if he have time to come back. If not, we are moving on in Jesus. Hallelujah. So look, Sister Dot, are you ready for the Bible questions this morning? Because we'll move with our questions. I don't see uh, Brother Anthony. He may come in later, and uh, I'll see if he got some answers to a few things. But I put them over in a poll in the Jesus in the Morning group uh, yesterday. And so if you can um, see them, Sister Dot, and if you're ready, just let me know. Press that number one. Say good morning. And you in there. Hallelujah. Uh, yeah. And I have had such a good time with this. And uh, because it gave me a chance to uh, remember. And also, um, it gave me a chance to go back over some things, you know, to take a look at. Like uh, what, uh, Apostle Paul and the Philippians and uh, just different things and why this and why that and what was this and what was that. So that just blessed me real good to go back to the old path and take a look around. I'm thankful uh, unto Almighty God. He's got all the power. He's on our side. And so we can't make it without him. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. So listen. All right, Sister Dot ready, Sister Dot ready. All right, good morning, Sister Dot. God bless you. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. How are you? I am good. Sorry. No, 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 go ahead. I had just stepped out of my room, and on the way to the living room, I could hear you saying, to push number one, then you ready. So I heard up. <laughs> I ran on back to my room. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So you can get your Bible questions in. So look, um, it's a beautiful thing because it, it, it's really helping me too. It's helping me to go back and uh, be reminded of his word and uh, what he said about this and what happened with that, you know. And uh, even took me back to uh, King Saul and David. Yeah. All yeah. of that. And First and Second Samuel, that's, those two there, I love those two books. Yeah. Because I used to think the Psalms was for something else, your enemies. You know, when people do you yeah. wrong, they read the Psalms on crazy. But as I got to learn to walk in him, that I learned the Psalms was what David went through over in First and Second Samuel. It ain't had nothing to do with no enemies per se, but this is what he went through, and these are the things he did when his enemies came up. So it taught us something. But when your enemies arise, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Pray for them. Love them that hate you. Yeah, we got to love our enemies. So it taught me something. Now, don't try to get them in trouble 
And don't, don't, don't hope they die. Now, that's not God. But what we do is we pray for them because they don't know any better. Because if we did the right thing by them, it was nothing to hurt them. Yeah. So the first one this morning, Sister Dodd, it says, how long did the children of Israel wander in the desert before entering the promised land? Um, I have 40 years, uh-huh. and that that was found in Numbers 32.10. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I have the same thing, 40 years, Numbers 32 and 13. Yes, ma'am. Now, the next one is, who wrote First and Second Timothy? Okay. Um, it, First and Second Timothy was written by Paul. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. I found First Timothy in First Timothy 3. First Timothy chapter three verses fourteen through sixteen. Okay. Now I ha- I kinda have a problem with Second Timothy, but I have Second Timothy uh three sixteen. Okay. And now where I found it at I found it uh, Paul is the correct answer, Sister Dot. And where I found it, it was in First Timothy uh, chapter 1 and verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. So unto Timothy. So see, that it let me know right there that Paul wrote First Timothy and Second Timothy. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. Okay, so I see you ready over there. Okay, our third one. Our third one is where was the home of Peter and Andrew? Uh, I had Bethsaida. Yeah, Bethsaida. Uh huh. Uh, and that was found in John chapter one, verse forty-four. Yes, ma'am. But I have that same thing. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, that's a beautiful thing. Now, Because, see, I thought back on this, too, Sister Dye. I thought back on when he, Jesus was tempted for the 40 days and 40 nights, and he come out, and the devil tempted him. After that, he went walking, and he was walking by the sea, and he, you know, called them boys to be apostles unto him, fishers of men. Yeah, that that's what helped me to remember this right here. And so I thank God for it. That, that, now, number four is this. What did Saul do which broke God's law and ensured that his descendants would not reign after him? Okay. Uh, I found that in First Samuel chapter 13, uh-huh. uh, verses 8 through 15. Okay. Now, what he did, the answer to it is he offered the burnt offerings of God. God didn't tell him to do that. He told him to go over there and kill the Amalekites. Don't leave nothing living, children 
uh, uh, animals, the king, the, the queen, don't leave nothing living and don't bring any spoil out of that. But David, I mean, Saul allowed it and, and had the king at the table. And when the prophet Samuel got there, he said, Saul, what is this I'm hearing bleeding sheep in my ear? He tried to blame it on the on his army, you know, on the men where they wanted um, he fell on the he fell on the king. The prophet fell on the king with the sword and killed him right there at the table. Yeah. And so uh uh Saul goes out because he, he wasn't doing right. So he gonna offer burnt offering unto God that God didn't want. Yeah, and he saw his disobedience. So he took his anointing from Saul and gave it to David, his neighbor, the scripture says. Yeah, that little yeah. drummer boy. <laughs> Not the little drummer boy, but the boy that killed the Goliath with the sword. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's who he gave it to. And David became king. Oh, he fought many battles and won. Yeah, but that same David is the same one that killed Uriah, Bathsheba's husband. Yeah, because David had sent over there and got that man's wife laid with her, and here come the baby. So this couldn't be known. He didn't want it known, so he sent to kill Uriah. But how about this? We can do some undercover, underhanded stuff, but don't you know God still know about it? So he exactly. sent the prophet Nathan. Yeah, sent the prophet Nathan over there to tell David. <laughs> when he explained to him what he had done, David wasn't thinking of himself because he used the parable. But David would say, well, where is it? Who is it? He, he, he deserved to give it all back. He deserved to die. This, and so the prophet Nathan had to let him know it was you, O king. And that baby did not live. Oh, yeah. We can't play with God. That's all. Because he's going to do what's just. He's going to do what's fair. And he's going to do what's right. Yeah. And what's holy. Hallelujah. All right, Sister Doc, we're going on to number five. When Ezekiel's wife died, what special instructions did God ask him to obey? Uh, I found that in Ezekiel chapter 24, 15 through 17. Yes, ma'am. And it, and it reads, also, the word of the Lord came unto me. Saying, Son of man, behold, I take away from thee the desire of thine eyes with a stroke. Yet neither shall thou mourn nor weep, neither shall tears run down, forbear to cry. Make no mourning for the dead. Bind the cast of thine head upon thee and put on thy shoes upon thy feet and cover mm. not thy lips and eat not the bread of men. Mm. Yeah, sometimes that's what he'll do. But listen what he said. He asked her not to mourn her death. That was the special instructions of God. Just like God said, Ezekiel 24, I got 16 through 17. But it's the same answer. Sometimes oh, there's yeah. no need to mourn. Yeah, what what happened is what happened, but we get caught up not in the spirit of God, but we get caught up in our feelings, in the natural woman, a man. And when we know anything, we're out here crying, 
uh, uh, morning. We can't get up. We depressed. We we hurt. We we all kind of things because of this. We lean into our own understanding. Sometimes we're thinking about the hardship of it, what they went through, and and how they died, and she had cancer, and she withered up, and this, that, and the other. But that that have nothing to do with God. He's a spirit. And if you're spiritual, you're going to understand. But if you're not spiritual, you won't understand. Why well, can't cry for my wife? That's my wife. Hey, see, there's a, a purpose for it. See, like Joe, uh, uh, not Joe, what the boy was named, Lot's wife. God told him, don't look back, keep going. She looked back and turned into a pillar of salt. Something in Lot's wife wasn't adding up. And that's what mm-hmm. I tried to teach my son. You got to get a wife that's on the same page. But they couldn't hear that. They were like the world. They, they in the church. They've they been in the word. They've been to Bible study, Sunday school, all of this, singing, all of this. But they just couldn't let the natural part go. So you choose a woman that's in the world. And because she like you and she know you like her, she come to church and quote the words so that you can say she's saved. Uh-uh. Mm. That was a young lady, my oldest son, i never forget it. That was a young lady, and I know this one was full of the fire and the Holy Ghost. Oh, I knew this girl. And I knew her spiritually. And I tried to get him with her. That's not what he wanted. He wanted a street woman. He wanted... A woman out the world. Oh, my goodness. And see, if you don't start right, it it won't end up right. I tried to talk Mm -hmm. to him. I tried to talk to her. She thought I was telling her these things because I thought my son was too good for her. No, I know him, baby. And I know this is not going to end up good. And it's going to cause a lot of hardship, Sugarfoot. But they couldn't hear. Yeah. Another one, I, I thought he was full of wisdom and that he would know. But he didn't listen at me. He listened to some old men. And the old men told them according to told him according to the flesh. So he went and did what the flesh of these old men told him to do. It didn't end up good either. Hardship, pain, suffering. Yeah. If you don't obey God, it calls all of these type things. But when we learn to obey the master, and, and many times it's not going to feel good to you because the flesh always wants to be pleased. It always wants to be pleased. But when we follow what God says, that flesh won't be pleased. And we have to be taught or learn, pray and ask God how to make our flesh come under subjection. How to make it behave according to the word of God. Yeah, how to make the flesh sit down so the spirit in you of God can live and we can obey him. We'd rather obey God than man because we're the people of God. We're the children of God. We're the saints of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're called Christians, followers of Christ. And I, I know they use that word uh, so freely these days. 
I'm a Christian. Don't even know what it is you're talking about. Don't know that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. You cannot be a Christian and still always operating in your flesh. Nothing changed about you. You're not walking in the ways of the word of God. You're still walking in the same way you've been walking. That don't say Christians. That say I have a form of godliness and I'm denying the power thereof. Uh, that say I'm honorable when the word Christian with my lips, but my heart be far from it. That's what it is. Yeah. And it's already all right this morning in Jesus' name. I'm talking about all kind of people say they're Christians. I'm like, what? Well, if you are follower of Christ, some, some type of sign, you know, should be shown. It, it, it should show. Everybody should know. When I came in here, boy, I'm telling you, I had to tell any and everybody I came in touch with, it was my pleasure, my privilege. I'm saved now. I'm in the church. I said, and I don't mean that building. I'm in Jesus Christ. Yeah. And Apostle Paul, he taught us a lot of things, but we don't listen. We don't listen. It's my thing. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to do it sometime. And then when I'm feeling me, I'm going to do it for me. This is the way we operate. But we must go back to the word of God and take a look around. Go back where you first received him and ask him to lead and guide you through his word. Teach me your way. I don't want to walk in my own way. Because all going to happen in my flesh is if I'm going to die. Yeah, I am literally not just bringing that flesh under subjection, but I'm going to not only physically, but spiritually die. Because I went to the altar and all of that and said I do, but I'm not feeding my spirit man. That's just like if we don't eat, we don't drink water, we don't get vitamin D, E, C, F, G, whatever we need, we won't last. Certain people have little bones. Because they didn't get enough of the vitamins to keep their bones strong in their older age. Stuff's easy to break because you didn't eat right. You didn't do what you needed to do to keep them bones strong. Same thing in the spirit. We go to the altar and say, I do. But if we don't continue to feed the spirit man and give him what he needs to live in us, he'll perish. You're not feeding him. You're not remembering what the word of God says. You're not walking according to the word of God. You're walking according to your sight. You're walking according to the way you feel. You're walking according to the way what TV is saying, what the world is saying about this, that, and the other. You, you, you're so full of worldly stuff that when it comes to the things of God, you don't even know nothing about it. All these years you've been, you say you knew him, but you yet know more about worldly stuff than you know about spiritual stuff. Now, that tells you something. It should, but I know it don't, but it should. It should tell you you got more of the natural than you do the spirit. And we need to walk in the spirit more than we walk in the natural. Again, this morning, there's no good thing in that flesh. Yeah, no good thing in us. We'll sell us. 
to the devil fooling around. Yeah. So we got to keep it straight with him. Listen, we're going to one more song of the morning. Pastor Jenkins didn't come back. I apologize to him uh, later on, and maybe he will come another time. But I think he's wherever he's at is quite early. Mm. Even then, he's doing something else, and by the time you know he finished, it's quite early. But uh, we're we're going to I'm going to find out what's going on, and then you know I can better get there. But then I, I you know you have to pray. You have to pray because um, yeah, he asked to come. You know, God didn't have me to send to him, but he asked me, and so I said yeah. So we just got to see what the Lord is going to do. And it's already all right this morning. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We thank you this morning that you are on our side in spite of us, looking beyond our fault and yet meeting our needs. Yeah. And so we're thankful. All right. I'm going to play this next uh, song. And uh, Sister Dot, I'm going to dedicate this one uh, to you for... Uh, being a blessing unto us with the Bible questions. So I'm going to dedicate this one to you this morning. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs>
They're always seeking for that. They're not getting up to be witty. They're not getting up so that people can amen and pat them on the back. Oh, that was a good. You preach today. No, no. I'm allowing God to bring the word out of me because he blessed me to put it in me. He blessed me to study faithfully. And now when I get up, I don't get up in me, but I get up in God and I let God say what he needs to say to his people. Because I wish that nobody would go to hell either. So I'm doing my part to keep them out of hell. But if there's preachers that don't believe God themselves and they're just building their own empire and they're just using the name of God to draw people so they can have more money, more members, more workers, that, that that's something else. And we got to be careful. Pray for discernment. Yeah, and today I feel really bad for people coming into these buildings who really don't know. And they get caught up into the clique of the church. Uh, uh, the pastor got these men over here that he like. The wife got the men over here that they like. This ministry here got the people over here that they like. And the new person, they looking to see which clique should I, should I go to. Well, maybe I'll go to the pastor clique because I'll get more exposure, whatever the case may be. But I'm, like, I'm not looking for the clique. And I'm not teaching people to be a part of a clique. But seek God. Let him get in you and you get in him. Pray to him and ask him to lead and guide you in the way that you should go. If this is not the church for you, ask God to send you where you should be. Where you're taught his word. His pure word. Nothing added and nothing taken away. People love you because God is love and they're full of God. Yeah. Verse 2 says, and all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galilee. Yeah, he, he, he writing them Galatians, them Galileas. Yeah. 3 says, grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be to you and peace. Right here, he didn't say from Paul. He said from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Because Paul always wanted to walk in God. He, he didn't want to make no mistakes and give you Paul chapter 4, verses 18. That ain't, that's not what he wanted to do. He wanted to give you all Jesus, all God the Father. Verse 4 says, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. He gave himself so that we could be forgiven of our sins and that he might deliver us from this present evil world, that we might not get caught up into the love of money. We won't get caught up into the fashion of the world. We won't get caught up into doing the same thing the world is doing, and then we tell my Jesus. What? We're in the world, but not of the world. The only way we out in the world doing anything is we leading others to Christ. On the job, we let them know who we stand for, but we're not forcing our beliefs on nobody. We're not pushing it. 
on these people's job when I answer the phone, I'm not telling my praise the Lord, this Barbara. Uh-uh. <coughs> and you're not witnessing to the, the, their customers when they call in. It's a job. You'd have to do a good day's work for a good day's pay. Now, in the event they say something, the customers say something about God, then you know God is moving. But if he's not moving, you don't move either. My spiritual son and I were talking about ludicrous. I know some may not know who he is. But back in the day, he had a song that said, when I move, you move just like that. He was telling me about that, and I told him, I said, hey, and if you got God, you ain't got to tell that DJ to kick that back. He hollered. Yeah, because we in Jesus, and we want to do things, you tell my decent and in order. Yeah, on people's job, other people's stuff, you want to do what's right. So grace be to you in peace from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God, and our Father. I want it done according to his will, according to Jehovah's will, according to Jesus Christ's will, not my own, because I mess up something right now. Verse 5 says, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. To whom be glory forever and ever. I believe even when we go back with him, we'll still be able to give him glory. Hallelujah. We'll still be able to bow and praise him. Well, thank you, Jesus. Worship him. Yeah. Verse 6 says, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Now, <clears throat> you, you was in the right church. You was in the right building under the right pastor. But that's not, that you, you can hear that. You, you needed something more. You, you, you saw and you heard the new wave, new age stuff, so you decided that, you know, run over with them and, and, and see what was going on. And you liked what they was putting down, so you left the truth to go over for a lie, in other words. Verse 7 says, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and will pervert the gospel of Christ. See, some could have got me if I wasn't grounded and rooted, if I didn't believe God, if I didn't uh, 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 seek his word and stay, they would have got me too. 8 says, but though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you, then that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. If I come with any other gospel other than the gospel of Jesus, any other gospel other than the gospel of Jehovah, let me be an accursed. Yeah, let me be an accursed. Because I'm bringing something else. I'm not bringing the truth to you. I'm not bringing Jehovah and Jesus Christ to you. I'm bringing some other stuff that won't help you. In the long run, it'll fail you. In the long run, you'll crumble. In the long run, you'll be depressed. In the long run, you'll lose everything. 
even your spirituality, you won't even know who you are. Because you jumped on board with me and I'm bringing some other gospel. Verse 9 says, as we said before, so they are now again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have received, let him be accursed. He repeated this. He repeated this. So we'll know. We won't be mistaken. Well, I didn't know. He, he did it twice for us. Verse 10 says, But do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Now, Paul is giving me some good stuff right there. I'm, I'm going to mute your mic, uh, uh, Sister Dye. He's giving us some good stuff right there. It reminds me of this choose today. Who are you going to serve? Are, are you going to be persuaded by men? You want to please men? Uh, you want to do what the world is doing so that they are receiving and you won't look like you, you know, a fish out of water? What? What is it? Because we should be the servants of Christ. We should choose and stay completely with what we choose. I choose God. I choose Jesus. I choose the gospel. And that's where I'm staying. I don't care what these other people say, what they do. That's not me. That's not my business. I'm going to stay where I know the truth is. What has blessed me, what is blessing me, and what will bless me. That's where I'm standing. I'm standing in faith. I believe in God. I've trusted him all these years. I can't get out of trusting him now. I wouldn't know which way to go. He's been my all. He's been bread when I needed food. He's been clothes when I needed uh, uh, garments, shoes. He's in everything I need. I can't leave it because I learned without him, I can't do nothing anyway. 12 says, well, 11 says, but I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. And see, we get caught up into that many times. Uh, I remember I used to get caught up into them that done been to seminary, uh, them done been to college and uh, they come back with the big words and uh, all of this, and they lay, have a layout. And my flesh was moving. That wasn't a spirit. My flesh was moving. Did you hear that? The day when the true man, the woman of God, get up, and the spirit of God is speaking out of them. Now, that's what moved my spirit today. Not your big words. As they say, not how you articulate or you lay your, your message out. No, that, that don't move me. I, I done heard some messages. But when the Spirit of God is moving and he bring a right now word for me, out your mouth, through the message of the day, uh, people call them sometimes sermons. I call it a message because God's sending a message that I need to obey. Hallelujah. 
12 says, for I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. And that's what I want. I want them who they receive it of man and, 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 and wasn't taught uh, it by man, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. God gave them understanding. God gave them wisdom and knowledge because they received his word where it said, I won't have you ignorant. They received it and they went to God to get what they needed, especially to share with us. They're not sharing their flesh, their self, the natural. They're sharing spiritual things. If you never put a dime in the offering plate, I'm teaching you and preaching the truth. And I'm not depending on your tithes and offering to keep going, but I am dependent on Jesus Christ. Is there anything too hard for God? That's what I ask myself. With him, all things are possible. Without him, uh-uh. With man, many things are impossible. But with God, all things are possible, especially if I'm dependent on his word, especially if I'm walking in his way, especially if I trust him with my whole heart and lean not to my own understanding. In all my ways, I'm acknowledging him. It's him that's directing my path. I'm not being wise in my own eyes. I'm fearing God and departing from evil. This needs to be taught so people can stand. And after standing, they can stand some more because we're standing on the sure foundation, the truth, the word of God. 13 says, for ye have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. You don't hear me tell it, and you don't hear other people tell it, how Paul was a serial killer, and he was coming after the people of God to kill them, to put them in prison, to hurt them. 14 says, and prophet in the Jews' religion above many, my equal in mine own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. I, I excel above them who have been in this thing are longer than me. I, I, I was doing, I had a zeal, and it was according to tradition of my father. It is what they did. They didn't believe Jesus. They didn't believe God so loved the world. I don't either. I don't believe in praising God like that. I believe in a little quiet dead ministry. I don't believe in lifting my hands in praise and worship to him. I don't believe in singing too loud in the building. Huh? I don't believe in just being so excited. I just let the spirit of the Lord use me. And it's not that the spirit is moving me, but I choose to dance before him because he's been good to me. He woke me up all these mornings clothed in my right mind. It was him that gave me the use and activities of my limb. I had life, health, and strength because of him. And now I'm in his house. I'm in the house of prayer, and I'm going to sit back. I'm not going to even rock from side to side because I got a dead, quiet ministry going on. Now in his house, I'm going to get wild in there. When I first got saved, I, 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 
I used to go, wow, I'm coming just crazy. And I could see people looking at me that kind of scared them a little bit because they weren't there yet. So I prayed and asked the Lord, I said, Lord, when, this, when your spirit come upon me, Lord, teach me how, in other words, to be in control, but not quench the spirit or hold back. But don't let me do it in a way where people are, you know, he did just that thing. He did that very thing. And let me tell you, when the spirit would move, tears would come. Because I feel the presence of the Lord. I'm being touched. And I'm no match. <laughs> oh, for all that power. Hallelujah. So look. Paul said, and prophet in the Jews' religion, he prophet, he, look here, the, 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 everybody was on Paul's side who was in the tradition of the fathers. Paul is a go-getter. Paul bringing them in. He said, he profited in the Jews' religion above many my equal in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. 15 says, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. 16 says, to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen. Immediately, I conferred not with flesh and blood. Oh, did y'all hear it? Did you hear it? Did you hear it? But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. To reveal his son in me. We got to let Jesus live in us. That I might preach him among the heathens. Immediately. I confer not with flesh and blood. I, I, I didn't need to get the approval of man. I didn't need to get the approval of Barbara. All I need to do is obey God. Stay with him. Remember what his word says. Stand on it. It's already all right today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to close out of that right there. I get excited. But I'm going to close out of this, and we're moving on this morning. We still have a, a little bit of time, and then we will have open up the studio for those who have something they would like to say. Uh, we will bring them in. This week I had uh, shared the whoopers at the door, and uh, I like to share that at least once a week. Yeah, because we need to be reminded. And so I'm thankful to the Lord for giving me certain things to hold on to. I see you after that. I was looking for you earlier because we did the uh, the Bible questions earlier. But if you got some you want to answer, let me know and, and we'll go back over it. No problem. No problem at all. So look, let's take a little listen to this. The wolf is at the door. Now this still line up. Well, what Apostle Paul was talking about over in Galilee. Because we got to watch as well as pray. We got to know those that labor among us. And we don't want to know them after the flesh, but we want to know them after the spirit. You understand? I want to know you for being the woman, a man of God, that love God and anything that's not of him, you don't want no part of that. If God is not in it, you don't want none of it, as they say here in the South. Oh, no, we don't want none of that. That's how we say it. Yeah. But if God is in it, I want all of it.
Strengthen me, Lord, to obey you daily. In the name of Jesus. So look, we're going to take a listen to the whoop is at the door. And when we come back, the studio is open. Feel free to press that number one and come in this morning. My message is entitled, The Wolf is at the Door. Yes, sir. The Wolf is at the Door. Father, I thank you, God. I thank you, Lord, for your word. It's a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. I thank you, Lord, for the indwelling presence of your Holy Spirit that gives us new hearts, Lord, so that we can stretch out beyond our limitations and be ambassadors of you and your word to all who can still hear. I thank you, Lord, for the anointing of your spirit. I thank you for courage and compassion today, God, to speak things that need to be spoken in this generation. Help us, Lord, as a church, never to back away from truth. Help us to go forward and let it fall where it may. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. The wolf is at the door. Isaiah chapter 53, prophet Isaiah says these words. Who has believed our report? Beginning at verse 1. And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He's despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he's borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Mm -hmm. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, and we've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. You know, it's, it's so important before we even begin to look at this passage of Scripture to understand that it was a religious system that crucified Christ. You know, we understand that the Roman authorities were the instruments of his death, but it was the religious order of the day created by God's own people that put the Son of God on a cross. There were leaders in that generation, and they had, they had used their position over the people to garner titles for themselves. They had adorned themselves in righteous robes, as they saw it, and they, they loved to parade among the people, as Jesus said, and be called master, teacher, teacher, teacher in the marketplace. But Jesus himself came in a form that he did not take on this form of grandeur that men give to themselves. And also, too, they created a system of salvation that was much wider and much more inclusive than the one that God had given to us. As a matter of fact, it was so narrow that Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. They were so offended when he challenged their religious system because they had, they had created this wide door into eternal life and eternal bliss with God that doesn't exist. All kinds of people were coming into the temple defiled and going out defiled. They were living in manners and ways that the Bible clearly indicated would leave them excluded from the kingdom of God forever. 
And so in comes this man. He's not interested in their system. He's not trying to garner one of their titles. He's not doing things their way. The Bible says there was no beauty in him that we should desire him. He's not dressed in righteous robes. He's, he's not got boxes on his forehead. He's not walking around with tassels on his arms. He's not parading like some rooster before the people. Talking about how close to God he actually is. They despised him and rejected him because he challenged the religious system. They had created a system of redemption that did not exist. Do you understand? And that's the propensity of humankind. The original sin in the Garden of Eden is that we can be as God is. Remember, we can, we can become judges of what's good and what's evil. And if you take that to its logical extension, we can start declaring things that are, that are God forgives when he doesn't. We can start declaring behaviors righteous when they're not. We can start telling people they're going to heaven when they aren't. That is the grave, grave danger of religion. When humankind in its sin nature is allowed to take it and so twist it and so pervert it that it becomes something that God never intended it to be. Can you imagine sitting in a place as a professed or supposed believer in Christ only to end up at the throne of God one day to find out you've been outside the whole thing all along? What a tragedy that's going to be for so many. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. There was a, a heaviness in the heart of the Son of God as he looked on the people as sheep without a shepherd. But we hid our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. And we are, of course, reliving the scripture again in great measure in our day. In many, many places, even where God's people are gathering, the word of God is despised. And we are now gravitating to fancy preachers who have opened the door real wide to people who are not going to heaven, giving them false peace when they're not at peace with God. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old things are what? Passed away. And behold, all things are become new. If, if we are in Christ, if Christ is in us, that means a new value system. It means a new heart. It means a new mind. It means a new way of speaking, thinking, living. It means that what God says is good is good, and what God says is evil is evil. We don't try to change that. We accept that from the Word of God. Now, this message is given to shepherds to bring us not only to the knowledge of our salvation, but to the freedom which Christ bought for us. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And by his beating, as it is, that he took on the cross, we are healed. The old things don't have power over us anymore unless we choose to let them. The old ways of living, speaking, thinking, doing are broken. And we become new creations in Christ. We are able to look back and say, thank God, I'm not what I used to be. I'm not everything that I hoped to be, but thank God I'm not what I used to be, and thank God I'm going to be one day what Christ is calling me to be. So there's this constant moving forward in the life of a genuine believer, leaving an old way of thinking, an old way of living, an old way of speaking, and moving to truth, even when it's painful. 
book of Proverbs says, a righteous person swears to their own hurt and doesn't change. In other words, I say I'm going to do this, and I do it because God's word says I should, even if it causes me pain. And I don't turn from it. Now, Paul was this kind of a shepherd. He, he didn't hold back, as I said earlier. This is what he said in Acts chapter 20, verses 26 to 31. He said, therefore, I testify to you this day, I'm innocent of the blood of all men. In other words, and this is the cry of my heart. If anyone here today, hearing my voice, ends up in hell, let it not be my fault. Let it never be because I didn't declare to you the whole counsel of God, or I didn't warn you of something that had the power to drag you down into eternal darkness. For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Paul says, for this I know, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone, he said, day and night with tears. Paul said there's going to be wolves that are going to come and they're all already, there's packs of them now. It's not just a few, there's many now in our generation. And they're going to come to devour this sacrifice of Christ and the promise of new life through him. They're going to promise you liberty, as the scripture says in the New Testament, but they themselves are the slaves to corruption. They're promising something they, they're not experiencing themselves and they can't deliver it. Listen to what Jude says, the last book of the New Testament before the book of the Revelation. Verse 3 says, Behold, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels, who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities round about them in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Here's what the wolves do. They teach that you can live a lifestyle against the word of God and still claim heaven as your eternal home. That is the wolf that's now at the door of the Christian church in America. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 to 11. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Be, do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, that means people who engage in sexual intercourse outside of the bonds of marriage between one man and one woman. 
fornicators are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Settle it. It's in the word of God. Don't be deceived into thinking you can live in a moral lifestyle and heaven will still be your home. So hard for this generation to hear. When you've got preachers standing in pulpits saying, well, God understands your need and God is a God of love and God won't send anybody to hell. No, that's not true. God is a God of love. We know that. But the Bible tells us that fornicators have no inheritance in the kingdom of God. Nor idolaters, people who have other loves in there. Something that is in your life that, that is, is, is your whole obsession. Churches or Christ is just a little part of your life, but there's something else in your life that you're pursuing. Nor adulterers, people who engage, who are married, but engage. And, you know, today we take words like adultery and we call it an extramarital affair, as if it's a black tie event. You know, you are invited to an extramarital affair next Friday at 5 o'clock. Bible calls it adultery. Adultery. Settle it. Deal with it. The sex outside of marriage will keep you outside of the kingdom of God. And sex outside of the bonds of the person that you are married to, the, white, the man or woman you're married to, will also keep you outside of the kingdom of God, unless it's repented of. Nor homosexuals, nor sodomites. In other words, that's both, men and women. Folks, listen. I understand the dilemma, in a sense, uh, that some might face in same-sex attraction. But I'm telling you, you can't give in to that lifestyle on any level because the Bible clearly says it will leave you outside the kingdom of God. Jesus himself said some people are eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven. In other words, some people just live their lives without any sexual activity for the kingdom of heaven's sake. And he said, whoever can hear this, let them hear it. You know, you can, you go to a funeral, for example, and you can dress it up with flowers all around, and you can, there's a death certificate, and the preacher can get up and say nice words, but the reality is that the corpse is still dead. You can't make it live. It doesn't matter what you do, and it's the same with homosexual marriage, folks. I've got to say it straight out today. I'm not going to hold back on it. You can adorn it with flowers. You can get a certificate from City Hall. You, you can find some backslidden preacher to say nice words about it. But the wages of sin is still death. You can't change that. Now listen. I'll be called a hater for, for this message today. I understand that. But I'm not a hater. If I hated you, I'd let you go to hell. If I hated you, I'd let you die in your sin. If I walk down the street and your house is on fire and you're up in your bedroom window and I don't warn you, am I really a good neighbor? Do I really love you? Do I really care about your eternal destiny? You can curse me out of your bedroom window all you want, but I will still warn you that your house is on fire for your soul's sake. Nor thieves. Lest we should think that we're just going to focus on one thing. Nor thieves. That means people who steal. 
that simple. People who steal, people who steal a little, they have a contract maybe and steal a little bit more than they should. Income tax time is coming around, folks. Are you going to pay your taxes? Nor covetous, nor drunkards. People who come to church this morning, but you were out at a club last night. You're drinking and dancing, and, and this foolishness, I'm out there to share the testimony of Christ. Who are you kidding? If you really are there to do that, stand on the sidewalk with pamphlets in your hand and give it to the drunks coming out of the club. You don't need to be in there with them. No revilers. You know, especially in, in this environment we're now living in, in this country at this time, where reviling has is is, is become the speech of the day, where it's, it's fashionable just to curse everybody around you. You know, Paul said revilers don't inherit the kingdom of God. We have a different heart. We have a different spirit. We're, we're a different kind of people. Jesus himself said, blessed are the peacemakers. Yours is the kingdom of heaven. Nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. I love that. Would be to God that I can honestly say that of everybody here today. Such were some of you. But you are sanctified. That means you are set apart for the kingdom of God. You are, you, 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 you honestly repented. You walked away. You moved away from what God's word says is wrong. You can't make it right. You can't change it. It doesn't matter if a million people say, oh, isn't this wonderful? If God's word says it's not, it's not. You are sanctified. You walked away. You walked away from these old ways of thinking, these old behaviors and all of these things. And you set yourself apart for the kingdom of God. You're justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Now you and I are living in an hour where the wolf is heading to the door of the church. Demanding in our generation that we bow down to this new definitions of good and evil. This is where we're living. The days of being able to say without penalty what I'm saying today are are over if they're not if they're not over they're very close to over it's an amazing time that we're now living in jesus said in john chapter 10 i am the good shepherd and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep but a hireling who is not the shepherd one who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them the hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. This is the point. There's a lot of hirelings in a lot of pulpits in America today. And they're, they're, they don't necessarily leave the people, but they leave biblical truth. They flee the truth when the wolf is at the door. When the wolf says, if you don't bow down, this is our golden statue. This is what this generation is going to look like. This is what you'll preach. These are the truths that you will espouse. They will bow down when the music plays to save themselves because it's always been about themselves, not about the people. The hireling will flee. And you, will, you are seeing and you will see a huge departure from biblical truth in the Christian church in this last hour we're living in. The Bible declares that there's going to be an apostasy, a great falling away in the last days from biblical truth. And the hirelings will lead the people, not into the narrow way of eternal life, but into that broad way of destruction. And they flee because it's always done about them. 
It's been about the robes. It's been about the praises of man. It's been about the titles. It's been about the numbers. It's been about the apparent evidences of success. Then when Christ comes and challenges them, they hate him. His own system hated him. His own people hated him. They pushed him away because he declared their definitions of salvation and truth to be bankrupt. He told them they were full of dead men's bones. He said, you go cross land and sea to get one convert and you make him twice the child of hell that you've become. These are the words of Christ. He warned us in the last days there would be a great falling away. He warned us. He said, you're going to be hated of all nations for my name's sake. You can't escape that. That's a promise in the word of God. We're going to be hated. It's starting now. You're seeing it in society. You're seeing it in the workplace. You can't even have an opinion on things anymore in this generation that we're now living in. Let me say it clearly now. Abortion. For the cause of birth control. Or, or so the people. I understand there are extenuating circumstances. So please don't misquote me on this. But for the cause of just birth control. Or for the cause of having sexual pleasure. And not having to deal with the life that it can create. Is sin. In the sight of a holy God. It's a terrible sin in the sight of a holy God. In America today, the deliberate gender confusing of our children in grade school is sin in the sight of a holy God. In our high schools, forbidding our children to pray and creating this fictitious division between the state and the church, which doesn't exist. If you really study it, you'll understand it never existed. It was created by the godless. Forbidding our children to pray in our schools is sin in the sight of a holy God. In our colleges, allowing godless professors to rise up and mock God and radicalize a whole generation against even their own nation that was founded by God for the purpose of being able to worship according to the word of God and freely by conscience is sin in the sight of a holy God. And the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Praise be to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So let this society despise him. Let them consider him ordinary. Let them rebel against his words. But this day, if, as Joshua once said, if it be hard to follow the Lord, that's your choice. Choose this day. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. By the grace of God, we will not bow before the wolf in this generation. By the grace of God, we will stand for the truth of God. By the grace of God, we will pray again. We will pray again as a church age. By the grace of God, we will stand up unashamed for the truth of Jesus Christ. We stand on the side of victory. We stand on the side. We stand on the side of eternal life in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Glory, 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 glory. Glory, glory, glory. And as uh, David the king once did, we will stand in this generation against the lion and the bear and everything that comes in to devour our children and to devour the people of God. It's time for the church of Jesus Christ to rise up. It's time for the people of God to fight back. It's time for us to begin to pray. It's time to run for public office. It's time for teachers to speak. It's time. It's time for the people of God. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Glory, 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 glory. The true shepherds of God in this generation are going to care more for the people than for their own safety. More than our own reputation. It's not going to be an easy road. But I don't know about you, but I'm not giving up this generation to darkness. I'm going to stand because the word of God stands forever. The opinions of men are like grains of sand on the seashore. They'll fall into nowhere. But the word of God abides forever. Now here's where I conclude. If you're living in sin, I plead with you, while there's still time, turn. Turn from it. And trust God for the strength. I know there's some sitting here or listening online or they're in the annex and they say, you don't know how deep the bondage is. You don't know how powerful the draw is. No, I don't. But I know the Spirit of God is more powerful than all of that put together. And I know the promise of God is that we will have a new life, an eternal life. The days of living in Christian ease is over in America, folks. It's over. We're about to join our brothers and sisters in China and other places who are being persecuted for what they believe. In Iran, who are being jailed and put to death for believing in Christ. We've lived a very comfortable, very lazy Christianity in America, but those days are over. The wolf is now at the door. Pray for those of us who lead in any capacity that God would give us courage. As I pray for you, that God would give you a cleanness of life and practice and heart and give you the courage to speak up in whatever environment you find yourself in. Our children are starving for truth in this generation, and they're wide open. There's only a few Goliaths that claim that they have the power to keep us from being the people of God. But they don't. So I challenge you with all my heart, turn from sin, find that new life in Christ, and rise up and be the person that God's called you to be. We're going to sing for just a few moments. We're going to worship. I guess my elder call is just twofold today. For people to say, oh God, help me please to turn from this thing in my life. 
I don't have to tell you what it is you already know. Help me to turn away from watching pornography. Help me to turn away from drink. Help me, God, to turn away from that flirtation in the office. Help me, God, help me, God, to stop railing. Get me off, get me out of the seat of the scornful and help me to walk with the righteous. Deliver me, God, from cowardice and put a love for people in my heart that casts out all fear. Give me a voice to call this generation back to you again. And God, help me not to cower under the fear of the repercussions that will come all of our way. You know, I was in Washington and there's an ex-general there who really <clears throat> gives courage to my heart every time I meet him and talk with him. And essentially, what he would say if he were standing here is, you have to fight for a cause higher than your own preservation. If it's just about preserving yourself, you'll flee when the enemy comes. If it's about others, you'll stand. May God give us the courage in this generation to stand for those that don't have a voice for themselves, for our children, for the unborn, for our high school students, for our college students, for every mother, every father, every child in this country that needs to know there's a Savior who died for them. Give us the grace to be kind and compassionate to all, not judging anyone, we leave that to God, but reaching as far as we can reach into this mass of fallen humanity with this message of incredible grace that belongs to every person who turns to it through Jesus Christ. So, Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you will today cause your kingdom to advance. You will give us the strength and courage that we now need as a people to stand against the onslaught of wickedness that wants to extinguish the testimony of your life and word. Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for courage for your people as others throughout the world have had to have. God, deliver us, Lord, from this life of ease that so many of your people have known and bring us into the true fight for the souls of men. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. God, we yield our bodies today to this purpose. We thank you in Jesus' name. So we're going to stand in a moment for those who just, you just know you have to turn from something. And for those who want to turn towards Christ, maybe you don't have a struggle that I'm talking about in your life, but you say, God, I'm stuck in neutral. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going back and I'm not going forward. But today you say, I want to make a difference. I want my life to count. I want my voice to have authority. If that's you, we're going to stand. I'm going to ask you to make your way here. We're going to pray together and believe God to answer our prayer. In the annex, you can make your way here. We'll wait for you in the campus churches. Step between the screens, if you will. We'll be back. Do you ever stop and look back over your life and think about how good God has been to Think about how far he brought you and how he kept you while danger was all around you. 
Have you ever been sick down on your bed and think about how God came in and moved your ancient things? I'm sure somebody out there can agree with me today when I look to heaven and say, Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. The reason I want to thank you, Jesus, Lord, I know you've been so good. Lord, I know you've been so good. Lord, I know you've been good. You watched over me all night long. Lord, I know you've been so good. Let me tell him again, I need you, Lord. I 
then uh, number two, uh, I got Paul, and it was in uh, it was uh, who wrote the uh, the letter to uh, Timothy, something along the lines in First and Second Timothy, and I got Paul, and uh-huh. it was in First Timothy uh, one and one. Yes, sir. And then uh, I forgot what number three was, but uh, uh, what's that? Capernaum, Capernaum, I think it was the name of the place. And what you say? Oh, uh, wait, you said number Mark, Capernaum, C A P E R N A U M. I'm saying which 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 question was that? Oh, number three. Okay, now number three was Bethsaida. Bethsaida, uh, found in John chapter 1 and verse 43. The question was, where was the home of Peter and Andrew? And you said, well, what was the name of it? Bethsaida. Oh, Bethsaida. Oh. Yeah. Over in John, John chapter 1 and verse 44. Gotcha. Well, I got okay. that one wrong. <laughs> That's all right. But, we moving on. All right, and uh, the second one was uh, why they all um, saw God punished Saul and uh, didn't let his uh, siblings uh, resign. Uh, it was because he didn't uh, do as God asked him about the Amalekites, and he kept, you know, some of the uh, the things he kept uh, the king. I'm mistaken, and uh, he uh, kept some of the merchandise and cows and stuff that you know God told him to destroy everything, and he he didn't follow the direction that God told him to do, and that was yeah. in uh, First Samuel, fifteenth chapter, and verse nine. I'm at verse four through nine. Okay, now I, Again, I got, this is that one. It's on my list. Is number four, brother Anthony. What did Saul do which broke God's law and ensured that his descendants would not reign after him? He offered the burnt offering to God. That's the answer. It's found in First oh. Samuel 13, chapter 13, 9 through 14. You see that one? Yes. Okay. And number five, you'll read number five. Number five is when Ezekiel's wife died, what special instructions did God ask him to obey? Uh, told him don't follow the rituals that uh, they follow, but uh, 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 do as he told them to do. And I get the ritual that I was saying was uh, no sackcloth, uh, lying on the ground, lying on the ground, and no throwing ashes on his head. But he told them, oh, uh, Oh, that it what? Oh, it was a Donna Don a turban. That is a garments of celebration. I guess that's what the turban was. The way it. Well, this is what he did. Listen, when Ezekiel wife died, what special instructions did God ask him to obey? The answer is he asked him not to mourn her death. Uh-huh. And we found that in Ezekiel 24, 16 through 17. Yeah. He asked her not to mourn her death. <laughs> oh, we. 
And that was Ezekiel's wife. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it, it said that I just kind of read it wrong because I'm driving, so I kind of glanced down through the thing. But it does say it says that God came to the prophet and told him his wife was going to die, but to not engage in any of the custom mourning practices, which would which have which practices which would have involved wearing sackcloth lying on the ground throwing ashes on his head and uh, that's what it kind of refers to in that one okay all right we good to go and i'll put the next set on it wait say that again i got i got three out of two i mean three out of five okay that's not bad that's not bad at all <laughs> yeah, we have we have a good time with these because I'm telling you, it helped me too. It helped me to remember uh, some things that I thank God for. Thank God for the Bible questions. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Thank God. So, listen. If if uh, anyone else have something they would like to say, please feel free to press that number one and come in. Cause see, over here, brother Anthony, we 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 don't have no shame in our game about foolishness. Uh, we don't have that. We we moving on in Jesus. Oh, okay, all right, all right. Nine oh seven. I'm coming at you right now. Good morning. God bless you. How are you? I'm good, Mama. God bless you. Good morning, everybody. Um, I just wanted to say, God bless us all, and I thank God for another day. Uh, I wanted to give a quick testimony and just uh, share just the move of God and just encourage everybody that's listening and everybody that's going to come to the archives. So. Um, the Lord had spoken something to me. What month? Oh, we're already in February. Uh, it was right around Christmas. And so um, I didn't know God to move in that kind of way on my behalf before. And so the Lord had, had spoken to me and shared some things to me about a new direction and, and stepping off. To me, it seemed like the beaten path and going a different route. And so um, I had prayed and I said, Lord, well, I'm going to know if it's you because of a, B, C, and D, like God showed me every step of the way. Is it for me to go left, right? Once I get to that next stop, is it for me to go left, right? What what should I do? So God began to order those steps, and um, I saw it manifest yesterday, and I thank God for the woman of God uh, for sharing it with me. Mama, thank you very much. And I know how important it is for us to be encouraged on a daily basis because, like the preacher said, wolf is at the door, and uh, he's always seeking a way to get in. Sneakily, you know, we least expect it, even in those good times, uh, celebrating the things of God. The enemy will still come because he's always on his job. So we just have to continue to seek God's faith and just trust him. And so even in the midst while we're waiting on God and through those trials and tribulations and waiting for God's word to manifest in our life, a word is important, but also staying in the word. Um, So we can't be tricked and fooled and you know, knocked off our place, knocked out, knocked out of our place with God. So I felt really encouraged yesterday, and I just wanted to share that with everybody else. And I just hope that you are encouraging people around you, your loved ones, your family, friends, and just telling them about Jesus and how good God is to us. It's amazing. I know I always say I owe a debt unto God that I can never repay, but the best thing that I could do is continue to seek his faith and try and live upright before him every day. 
and God knows, you know, the enemy is coming. He's always coming, but uh, greater is the, the Lord. He's within us. Greater is he who's within us than he who's in the world. So be encouraged, everybody. Um, I hope you have a wonderful, blessed day, and happy February 1st. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. And uh, thank God for the testimony this morning, uh, because that's on his behalf, you know. We're saying what he did for us and through us, and so that just simply blesses uh, the Lord back to know that you remember what he did. Hallelujah. And so we're grateful to him. Good morning to you, Sister Rita, and good morning to you, Sister Rose Brown. God bless you this morning. And um, good morning to you, Sion, and uh, God bless you this morning. Good morning to you, Sister Irene. God bless you, and uh, God bless you, Shantae. Good morning again. Good morning again, Brother Anthony. God bless you, and good morning again, Sister Dorothy Goodman. God bless you this morning. And I uh, wanted to say this before we leave. We want to be in prayer for uh, Jasmine Robinson. We want to be in prayer for Sister Sherry. We want to be in prayer for Sister Irene, and we want to be in prayer for Sister Jerry. Yeah, all of those that are under the weather and, you know, having some medical problems, we want to be in prayer for them, that God would touch and heal their bodies in the name of Jesus. Yes. And so I thank him that not only he here, good morning to you, Pastor David, as well. Uh, I think he had to go, but I think I saw his number down there. But good morning to you, sir, and God bless you. And uh, we're moving on in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And if no one else have anything they would like to say, I will pray us out this morning. And we pray the Lord bring us back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, for another episode of Jesus in the Morning. Hallelujah. All right. So let's let's pray out. And uh, we're going to trust the Lord throughout this day to bless us all in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for all that has been said and done this morning. We thank you for your word, for your word is a lamp unto our feet. Father, it's a light unto our path. We thank you today, God, that we only want what you have for us. We don't want what people think they bring into us that makes them look good and make them look so special. But Father, we thank you that you cover us over here on Jesus in the morning, and you bring what's good, which is your word. But, Father, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And forever, O oh God, that word is settled in heaven. Thank you, Lord. And so, Father, we stand on it on the earth. And after standing, we stand some more because your word is going to do what you set out for it to do. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And, Father, I bring every calling, every listener before you, those coming through the archives and the podcast. And, Father, we ask this morning that you would bless every household represented here. Father, every family member, every friend, bless every calling, every listener, oh, God, today in the name of Jesus. And, Father, whatever they stand in the need of, I ask that you would supply it this morning. Fix it for them, whatever the situations may be today. In the name of Jesus, send your peace, send your love, send your joy. God, give happiness to these, your people, in the name of Jesus. Touch and heal those that are under the weather today. Father, we ask that you would heal Sister Irene. Father, heal Sister Jasmine. 
Here, Jasmine Robinson. God, she's been suffering through a long time. And God, you know what this child needs. Do it for your glory in the name of Jesus. Heal Sister Sherry. God, touch and heal her eye. Touch and heal her knees, oh God. Her back and whatever's ailing her today. We know you took a beating for the healing of the nation. And Father, we believe this morning that it's you that heal all manner of sickness and disease. Do it for these, your people. Touch and heal Sister Jerry today. Father, give her total healing in the name of Jesus. We thank you right now for hearing. And Father, we thank you for answering our prayers. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent one from another in the name of Jesus. Go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves a cheerful giver. Have a blessed day. And Father, we ask that while we're separated from one another, that God, you would continue to, to bless and strengthen us. Bless our going out today. Bless our coming in in the name of Jesus. So I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you today, February 1st, 2024, in Jesus' name. So at this time, I'm going to say bye-bye. Have a blessed day. Hallelujah. And we're going to the last song of the morning. I think we got one in here. I was intending to put it right there where we could, I could just touch it. Let's go to this one.
right, I can hear you now. 